Welcome to Work Matters, a podcast where we explore what leaders can do to make work more productive, valuable, meaningful, and impactful. My name is Thomas Bertels. I'm the founder of PurposeWorks Consulting and the host of this podcast. My guest today is Susan Finney. Susan Finney has 30 years of experience leading large-scale transformation efforts in various leadership roles with Johnson & Johnson. She is the founder and principal of Compass Coaching Advisors, where she focuses on helping leaders accelerate their individual and their team success before, during, and after critical organizational leadership and career changes. Susan, welcome to the show. Good morning, Thomas. Thank you for having me. So our topic today is HR, right? I think HR has been under pressure to show how it adds value for a while, and, and obviously the pandemic has accelerated that. Right? Mm -hmm. And many HR leaders have in the past focused more on the getting rid of the transactional part of, of the work, which can be important, but oftentimes is, is, is uh, struggling. But it still raises the question, right, what's HR's value proposition and, and uh, what can HR to elevate that? At the same time, the pandemic has also challenged many of the assumptions we make about work and how it gets done. So HR plays a key role, really helping us figure out how we make it work in a hybrid world and, and deal with the ambiguity and the change that's involved with that. It's an exciting time to be in HR, and, and many HR leaders realize that it's also time for them to to undergo some significant change. At the end of the day, HR is critical. You need the right people in the right role at the right time. Susan, with the pandemic putting HR in the spotlight, what are the key issues that you see HR leaders face? So HR has a huge opportunity right now because everybody's looking to HR as one of the main avenues back to the company, back to some semblance of normalcy. So as we look forward to 2021, beyond continuing to augment their technology aspects so that they can remotely have conversations and engage their teams, potentially bring in new talent to the organization and onboard them, they are also challenged now with this post-COVID environment that is continuing to involve. And I say post-COVID lightly because we're really not post-COVID yet. So there's going to be some key trends I see coming out of what has occurred over the last year. I mentioned technology. So HR is going to necessarily have to lean on technology going forward, not just for recruiting and doing the transactional type of work, but also to keep their organizations, which are principally remote right now, engaged and aligned. So in order to have high levels of employee engagement, you need to be very clear about where your company's going, what the vision is, what people's goals are going to be this year. What are your expectations of them? And have that dialogue regularly and clearly communicate these items to employees at large. So alignment around vision, goals, and clear communications are going to be critical, both for the live environment, but more importantly, for that remote environment, as people have migrated. They are no longer necessarily living in their condominium in the city. Many of them have purchased houses or moved to other parts of the country and are looking for flexible work arrangements. So that's another key trend I see coming. HR is going to be challenged to provide different types of health and wellness benefits, different types of remote working relationships, so they need to be front and center on what will work for their organization and how they can best deploy that amongst their workforce. 
Another thing that I see coming down the pike, because we had throughout the, the year we've all been sequestered with COVID, we've also seen a lot of social justice movements like Black Lives Matter. So diversity and inclusion is going to be enormously valuable and critical to the organizations. Again, in order to engage employees, to make them feel good about where they're working and that they are valued, and also to be able to retain their talent as well as attract new talent. And quite frankly, it's all about business reputation as well. Because if your business doesn't have a good reputation for taking a balanced approach, not only to recruiting, but also to engaging and retaining your employees, you won't get the top talent. So those are some of the big key elements I see coming down the pike. Many HR leaders, I think, probably see the same thing and, and realize that a lot of their current capacity is really being consumed by the transactional aspects of human resources. There is this whole push towards outsourcing and offshoring and, and shared service centers. You've been active in that space. What, what have you yes. seen in terms of what works, what to watch out for, what, what are some of the challenges? So it's great to be able to say, I need to offboard or offload a lot of this work, but you have to be very choosy about your partner that you choose to work with so that you can adequately convey and understand how the process will work. You have to be willing to give up a certain level of control because when you allow someone else to take on something that you traditionally do in-house, the employee experience may not equate to what someone gets today. Let's say payroll, for example. That's a classic for being outsourced. If you outsource your payroll and employees have gone through your benefit systems to choose their deductions, et cetera, and you outsource this entirety of this processing, you basically have put someone else's hand into your employee's pocket because they are the ones who are actually issuing the checks that go into the wallets of your employees or into the bank accounts of your employees. If that goes awry, you have to be able to have some mechanisms in place for redress or for very rapid remediation. Otherwise, you're going to have a very upset employee population that could in some cases be placed into potential dire situations if they don't have their rent or if they can't meet certain bills. We've seen this in the past. So the lessons learned there were really outline those processes with your partner, pilot and test drive those processes. Don't just take it on faith that it's going to work before you actually implement that and deploy it across your entire employee base. You want to have a good experience and smaller steps with big wins go a long way towards keeping the trust, keeping the experience of your employees positive and eliminating some of those problematic areas that really didn't have to happen in the first place. There is room for expansion well beyond that. Because I think the intent of HR transformation is to offload the work that is seen as more clerical or administrative in order to be able to pay more attention 
to employee issues, things like diversity inclusion, things like employee development. These are the areas HR really is trying to step up to, to broaden their scope and their expertise. And also even beyond that, to step into the boardroom as a member of the senior most leadership team, the C-suite, in order to be able to help influence and implement the best possible talent strategies for the organization. So by looking at outsourcing in a very stepped process, in a piloted process approach, goes a long way to doing that. So that's one way to free up the capacity and and create the space for HR to reinvent itself. What do you see as the priorities as people think about, right? What does HR 2.0 look like after having shed a lot of the low value work? Technology. So HR has got to become tech savvy as well as analytics savvy. So in order to demonstrate the value to the business, as well as to be able to talk knowledgeably to potential candidates or other industries um, or other leaders, we need to be able to quantify and articulate in hard terms the value that we bring to the organization as an HR function. This also helps us become more of a trusted partner in the boardroom, because if we want to elevate our role and participate in strategy, that hard information, as as well as bringing the softer side of the business to that plan, is business and mission critical. We want to be able to define a very clear task and mandate for our HR organizations so that effectively we are relinquishing our role as a steward of work and we're really becoming the steward of those employees, the members of our organization that we engage and support. Um, uh, that's a big change because in many organizations, well, the employees are more seen as a cost than an asset, correct? Oh, absolutely. So the notion of expense for our teams or our employees versus human capital is a very big difference because when it comes down to the bottom line, we can't execute the work or the strategy or our mission without, as you articulated in the beginning, having the right talent at the right place in the right time. So taking care to ensure we are able to bring in to continually develop or to supplement that talent throughout the execution of our business plans or our strategies is mission critical. A lot of it has been said about like the war for talent, right? And the changing expectations of newer generations of, of uh, employees in the workplace, particularly the millennials. And mm-hmm. what's, like, what's your perspective on how the millennials reshape how we look at talent and talent development and talent management? It's an interesting conundrum. And actually, COVID introduced some of the elements that the millennials were embracing to the entire workforce. So the ability to work more flexibly and remotely is very important to individuals. That said, I will also say that for every employee I've spoken through throughout this past year, FaceTime and that connection with their manager or their boss is also very important to them. 
because without that, they start to feel at loose ends or disenfranchised, and they're not sure what they're doing is being valued or being done correctly because they're really not receiving any feedback or contributing to the organization. Millennials I have seen in the past like to spend a more limited time in a particular role. So the notion of having shorter lifespans in a particular type of organization or role is something that's very appealing to them. It's also becoming appealing in a sense to a broader workforce because we have more people now contracting or consulting because they want to do something that they love. Same thing with the millennials. They want to work where they have passion. They don't want to just go in and collect a paycheck. So the notion of having a full-time employee workforce is shifting and that businesses are more likely now to have a certain level of FTEs or full-time employees and augment that with contractors or consultants for a specified project or a specified period of time some level of agreement that they've had with that individual. It allows people to move and use their expertise, build their expertise across a variety of industries or across a variety of departments. And quite frankly, having that well-rounded business perspective and that passion makes for good employees and higher levels of productivity. That will require HR to become a lot more agile and flexible and adaptable as it probably historically has been, employees that expect like a rapid progression of different jobs and careers. And, and at the same time, you also have right, people that, that work in, in different capacities. You mentioned consultants or other partners in, in the gig economy and so forth. That's really just going to get HR to focus less on like compliance and, and right, HR rules and regulations and really be more engaged with the business to help them I'd make sure that there's an adequate supply of, of talent for the challenges ahead. Is, is that correct? Yeah. So the way we look at talent or view talent will likely change in order to accommodate that broader range of possibility for our workforce. HR will also need to not only learn how to become agile and flexible at onboarding and contracting with people, whether it be as a full-time business employee or a member of their team, or whether it be a contracted member of their team, but the, the management that works within their organization is also going to need help in understanding how do you manage these different constituencies in the best way possible in order to affect the, the optimal outcome that you're looking for. Being able to accommodate and to successfully integrate all the different moving pieces and parts are going to be very important to our businesses, whether large or small. I think one of the uh, areas where, where it's like this, this change in HR manifests itself is actually in the job titles that the HR people have. What have you seen out there in terms of, of new titles? Yes. So there's some wild ones. <laughs> So there's a shift going on in some businesses. I'm watching this with great interest because instead of vice president of human resources, you have vice president of people or the corporate people leader. You have directors of fun emerging in the business. You have directors of human analytics 
and information emerging. And in some cases, I've even seen in one case in a very large organization, HR has actually been moved under the auspices of the chief information officer. So they have not only the human component, they also have the analytic and the system component there as well. So it's fascinating to see what's coming on now. I'm seeing more leadership roles and less HR manager roles. Looking down the path again with behind us and forward, you also have a lot emerging in terms of organizational development in job design. So you have people who are being assigned that task of how do you right size or build, rebuild the roles in your organization, again, to be able to accommodate someone, whether they're an FTE, whether they're a contractor or project-based employee. We also have leaders of diversity and inclusion in our industries right now, whereas that was an area of focus before, it's exploded now because of the social justice efforts, things like Black Lives Matter, it's come to the fore. So don't expect that to go away soon. I expect to see some more interesting titles emerge as we continue down this path and continue to learn. No, the one thing is no one has it perfect right now. We are all have arms locked because we are all learning and trying new things and looking to be the best that we can, not only as an employer, but as part of the team in a corporate or a small business environment. Yeah, it's truly an exciting time to be in HR and helping invent a little bit the future right, of, uh, of human resource and talent management. Susan, thank you so much for sharing your insights and uh, taking the time today to talk to us. And for our listeners, if you uh, thought this was an interesting conversation, also check out the other episodes of our podcast and we'll post new episodes every other week. Talk to you all soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.